0: All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of the Pause Up Podcast. We're approaching that uh that milestone of a quarter of a hundred episodes coming up. But so thank you to everybody who's been following us since the very beginning and who's watching on either our Twitter or the Lemon City Live Facebook and YouTube channels. As we have I thought one guest, well, we might be having two, as, as we've just seen. Yeah. It's the head coach of the swimming and diving team, Randy Horner, with, with his dog. How are you doing, Randy? How are you doing, dog? Very, very good. Thanks for having me. This is, uh,
1: this is Juno making his appearance here behind me.
0: <laughs> Juno, is he, is he the unofficial mascot of the, of the swimming and diving team? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, coach, thank you for hopping on. Um, Of course, uh, your incredible track record at FIU precedes you with your eight recorded Conference USA championships during your time with the swimming program. So, again, thank you so much for being on. And I believe you're the third head coach we've had from FIU Athletics, the first being Kyle Russell of men's soccer and uh, the second being Mike McIntyre of football. So, some awesome. pretty some pretty great company, Coach Horner. So yep. glad to be here. Let's Thank get you. it going. Let's get it going. Let's talk a bit about uh, your time before FIU uh, when you yourself were a swimmer for the Missouri State Bears. When you think about your time as a swimmer uh, back then to now when you're coaching the next generation of swimmers, how has the sport itself changed as far as – competition and the overall skill sets of of swimmers
1: yeah it's, it's changed a ton um it's changed a ton since my day and, and back then it was even it was southwest missouri state university which later became missouri state so mm-hmm. i mean a lot has changed in the sport and even the university itself but um no back when i swam tech suits didn't uh didn't exist mm-hmm. you know the speed suits so that's the technology that came into play back in the day we used to have nothing but a but a, you know the smallest speedos we could fit into, and a, and a shave for the body to to go fast at the end of the season, and and it's just technology, not just in the you know swimwear, but also on techniques of training, uh, physiology of training, the the video review, different things like that that have you know come into play with technology. Um, it's just really revolutionized the sport. Then you talk about the uh, you know uh, nutrition, uh, supplementation, right. just zeroing things in right there. You you keep wondering how we can keep getting faster, but, but we do, you know, the world stages keep getting faster and faster and it's, uh, it's, it's getting better every year.
0: Seems like the only thing that hasn't changed in the sport is the water, but (laughs) unless, unless I'm mistaken, unless they they put something in the water that has changed over the decades, but yeah, it's not, it's, it's crazy to see a a sport like swimming grow, that grow to such standards. And so after you graduated from, from the bears, You said in an interview with uh, Panther Now almost a decade ago, I believe 2014, that you did not know if you wanted to be a swimming coach. Instead, you did things such as refereeing baseball games and and even teaching math at a middle school. So uh, what ultimately made you decide that being a swimming coach would be something that you would strive to do?
1: Yeah, no – Wasn't my plan. Uh, You know, I wanted to be a a math teacher Was going to be a teacher, go ahead and be a a principal someday. That was kind of what I thought uh, my plans were going to be. But the one thing I have learned is uh, the one thing that's constant has changed. You know, you never know what is going to happen in your life to get you to where you are. So, um, you know, I was actually out on a baseball field umpiring, watching a a game at the high school level, watching coaches interact with their players. And uh, as I was sitting there calling balls and strikes and, and calling the base pads as well you know, it, it just something struck me and I realized I wanted to be interacting with those athletes. You know, I felt like I could do a better job than those coaches were doing with interacting mm-hmm. with their kids and their athletes. I had a, you know, passion to be in the dugout working with people and not, uh, you know, officiating in that capacity. And, you know, and I thought about it, I was like, you know, what can I do? How can I get into coaching? How can I have that avenue? I was teaching in the Springfield, uh, Missouri public schools at that time as a teacher. Um, I had a background as a baseball player. That's how I ended up umpiring baseball, but, uh, I swam collegiately. So I knew if I was going to have a route to getting in as a coach, it was going to be through the swimming ranks. And, mm-hmm. uh, at that point went to the athletic director said, Hey, uh, I'm Randy Horner. I swam at SMS. I want to, I want to coach. Do you have any opportunities for me? And, uh, he didn't at that time, uh, a couple of weeks later, he gave me a call. He said, Hey, uh, you know, John Kiesling, the coach at Parkview high school, He's going to have triplets uh, or his wife's going to have triplets and need some help. Um, I showed up the last day I ever saw him. He was busy with his family the rest of the season. And I took over the team and kind of started my career as a swimming coach mm-hmm. from that point on. So it um, wasn't the plan, but it just kind of grabbed me. It was a passion and it kind of led me that way. That way.
0: I, I, I got to know, Coach, what, what, what position were you in baseball and what was your ERA? <laughs> I was a catcher okay
1: yeah, i was a catcher so uh um and wasn't a very good hitter i love the defense part of the game love okay. being kind of the captain on the field calling the shots being involved on every play um but uh, and i didn't have any ra i wasn't a i wasn't a two-way player i was no
0: shohei <laughs> uh <laughs> and and as far as um as far as uh umpiring goes uh and refereeing you know how, how good are you were that were were, were you top knocks or were you like you know angel hernandez where there would be the controversial call here and there
1: everybody's better than angel hernandez
0: um, <laughs> um amen to that no I, it, I was
1: pretty good i mean it was fun it was hard to say i mean i was umpiring jv and and if i was lucky varsity baseball at that point but right. uh it was fun it was a great way to get back into the game and, and be active and uh and you know uh, my former boss or former coach and uh, mentor, Jack Steck, who I swam for, he was big into umpiring and, the, and stuff. So he kind of got me into that and he had an avenue into that. So I enjoyed doing that with him as well on the, on the weekdays and we went out and hit the fields.
2: And you detail a lot about, you know, being a head coach or a head coach for swimming at a high school. What was that experience like? Uh, how would you describe your coaching styles from, from then and now into now, you know, coaching at a, at a high university?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, everything I've done every year, everywhere I've been is created, you know, who I am today and kind of Mm -hmm. modified and refined my strategies and kind of my views and how I think about things. But I mean, I look back at that first year taking over the Parkview team you know, you think, you know, a lot at that point in your career, but, you know, you look back and it's like, wow, I I really didn't have much of a clue at at all as far as the sport and the coaching and what it, what it went into it. But I think what I found is a lot of my instincts took over um, just on how to deal with people, uh, interacting with people, working on just moving them along through the sport, working through uh, things that are going on in life. And that's the thing that hasn't changed uh, throughout my career. Um, My perspective on realizing how important those things are have changed, but uh, you know those were the things that I think uh, those instincts that take over that kind of meld you either being competent as a coach and moving through the ranks or uh, or kind of getting stuck and realizing that uh, you know what's what what it really matters to be good.
2: And I know you you moved the ranks, and then becoming a coach at your alma mater. So what, what was that like process before being a head coach of uh, you know what's a day to day like being an assistant coach and I guess maybe more hands on and more operational when you look at you know. It's kind of doing a little bit, you know, more of the work. Would you say before being a head coach?
1: Yeah. So, the way it happened, uh, the year I was getting the head coach at uh, Parkview High School, went to Kickapoo High School for several years, had success there, um, and then Missouri State, which I was still in the hometown where my alma mater was, I was teaching and coaching there. Um, they decided they were going to start a women's program. At that time, it was a men's only uh, Division One team, which is. Very, very rare uh, to have that situation nowadays. So when they added the women's program, they decided that uh, they were not going to add any coaching positions. So Coach Deck was pretty much man in the entire co-ed program, uh, you know, 40 to 60 athletes on his own. So I I went to him and said, hey, do you need some help? Um, And he's like, absolutely, I need some help, but they're not hiring anybody. So I uh, resigned the position as a high school coach at the time, kept teaching, and then uh, volunteered as a coach there at uh, Missouri State every afternoon after class. Took all my personal days and sick days to travel and and go around with the team. And uh, luckily it was a calculated gamble and the next year they'd added a full-time position. I uh, got in as a full-time assistant coach then, and that kind of started my career Mm -hmm. at the college ranks. So up until then, uh, you know, didn't know where it was going to go. But again, an opportunity came up. Um, I took that opportunity, and uh, it it worked out pretty well.
0: Yeah, that opportunity was at the University of New Orleans. Um, I want to say privateers? Yes. I, I, I believe, yes, privateers. During that time, you broke 18 school records, Uh, uh, during your time with the privateers. So Mm -hmm. that said, what was your confidence level at that point in your career when you inevitably got the job to coach the Panthers in 2010, based on what you've done in new Orleans? Yeah. um, I mean, my confidence level was, was very high. Um, You know, I had
1: started a a women's program from scratch at Missouri Mm -hmm. state. Um, I went into new Orleans and when I, Toured around there, uh, one year post Katrina, uh, when everything was just destroyed and devastated, didn't even have a pool. I saw opportunity. Um, you know, we added a men's program there, which was a unique opportunity to get to do as well. In my three years there, I recruited one of the top recruiting classes in the country on the men's side as a first-year program. Um, you know, things didn't go well there overall for the university, and it, and it kind of collapsed. Uh, financially. So that was what opened up the opportunity for me to uh, mm-hmm. go to FIU. But um, when the opportunity came open at FIU and talked to Julie Berg um, and realized that, you know, I didn't know why the program hadn't really been prospering. Um, and then when I started learning more about it, that all the advantages and opportunities were there. There was obstacles, of course, uh, with facilities and other things, you know, here at FIU. But, um, you know, I was confident that we could come in, uh, build a program, and have a vision to, you know, build it to what it is today. And hopefully even beyond that in the future. Yeah.
0: So this is probably going to be the most controversial question and answer. uh, uh, We have here. What's the, what is the better city, New Orleans or Miami?
1: (laughs) Um, I love New Orleans. Uh, I've never changed my phone number from the 504 um, (laughs) from the time I was there. Um, but I love it in Miami for completely different reasons. I'm, I'm happy I don't live in New Orleans anymore. I'm a lot healthier person because of it. <laughs> um, the food was amazing. Um, the, the culture and just the music and the nightlife and just the festivals is unbelievable. And I'm glad I lived there to have that experience. And I have lifelong friends back there as well that I go back and visit. But, you know, Miami is unique. I mean, it's a, it's a fit culture. It's outdoors. Mm-hmm. It's on the beach, you know, with the... With the weather and the in the ocean and being outdoors all year, it's just uh, unmatched in that capacity. So, both have a place in my heart, but I love Miami. Um, but I love going back once a year to uh, Jazz Fest to visit New Orleans as well.
2: <laughs> I was going to say the picture behind you just kind of just shows just why Miami's great. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: I, I, I could have just answered myself looking at the background. <laughs> yeah. You're right, John. <laughs> so let's get so let's get into your uh, time at FIU. Um, starting with year one, uh, it was made very clear from the get-go that the road to success uh, for you was through recruiting as you produced the, I believe, 23rd-ranked recruiting class in the nation uh, with most of your talent coming from overseas. So I got to know, what was your original recruiting method in that first year and how did it evolve as the years passed with with the Panthers? Yeah.
1: Um, my experience of how we kind of built the program at Missouri State and also at New Orleans was the same, was very similar. Uh, you know, at the mid-major level, international athletes are really a way to get a higher level, higher caliber uh, swimmer than you can get uh, as far as domestic kids. Um, you aren't really competing with the, with the culture of uh, Power Five brainwashing to where that's where you got to go if you're going to be big time, uh, you know, growing up, Parents want to wear that t-shirt uh the club coach wanting to market to the next group of uh swimmers that they send their kids to all the big name schools so there's a lot of things you're fighting against in the u.s uh where in the in the international scene you know it's not as much about that you know they do have some some better feelings of that now that the internet and everything is a lot more exposed and the exposure of different things but um you know uh, it, for our for our situation, I believe that you want to be the best at what you are, know who you are. And we're FIU, you know, we're Florida mm-hmm. International University, not Florida domestic. So mm-hmm. it made sense. Why re-educate everybody to say, hey, we're not international, let's let's be who we are. And we went out and went after, you know, great talent on the international scene. Didn't have a lot of hard times trying to convince them where we were, whereas Miami? Most of them have experience of either coming to training camps in Miami or uh, wanting to go to training camps in Miami because of uh, you know the, the, the weather and the proximity during the winter months as well. So uh, you know we had success early on. Um, I'd say the biggest thing that's changed, we had made a lot more gambles early on, on people maybe that uh, had uh, down years in their sport and needed to kind of have a reclamation or a refinding of their passion for the sport and kind of bringing them back into their own. Um, We're taking less of those gambles now as we become more established and have more of a track record. Um, But when we first started out and we didn't have a whole lot to show for it, you know, you have to kind of take a few of those gambles, roll the dice, and uh, and try to win at that game.
0: That first year um, at FIU, by the way, another eleven school records broken uh, in that first year alone. Yeah. When you said yes to the FIU job, uh, did you envision? That level of success from the start of your Panthers journey? Yep. <laughs> um, I had some experience
1: with FIU because when I was at New Orleans, uh, we were in the same, we were in the Sun Belt Conference together. So right. I had experienced the team at the championship. I, I had seen the team, seen the culture, just seen the demeanor. Um, I knew there was a lot of talent on the team. Some of those ladies were pretty good swimmers um, and they just, there was not a lot of morale. There was things just weren't going really in the right direction right. at that time. So, I believe strongly that even that first year, even though we didn't bring any new recruits that year, that just with not by just coaching them better and giving them more fundamental uh, technique of the sport, just having a better environment, getting a better atmosphere, having a change of scenery sometimes is very important for programs that they're not right. you know going in the right direction. So it, it didn't surprise me um, and the ladies that were here. Worked hard. Um, no one quit. No one gave in. And they, you know, subscribed to the new way of doing things and the culture that it took to be great.
2: And on top of that, did you ever think in your first year that, you know, this program would win eight straight conference titles? And now you look at here in 2023, it's a powerhouse. I probably, the answer is going to be yes. That, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I mean, the goal was to win one obviously. um, I mean, to string eight in a row, I mean, a lot of things have to go right. And that comes with culture that's built that can sustain over a period of time. But, um, you know, when I came in, my assistant coach at the time was Ignacio Gallo. Um, He was also a, a product of Missouri State. So we've both been from that program where we won a lot of championships and we knew what it took to do that. And that was our dream. That was our passion to build that program to to win a championship, to win a title. Um, I mean, no one predicts multiple in a row because Mm -hmm. just a lot of things can happen. You know, there's just a lot. I mean, you're dealing with people, humans. Um, Nothing's perfect. I mean, we went through a lot of stuff that could have gone a lot of different ways, but, uh, you know, things worked out pretty well for us.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about some uncharted waters. (laughs) A couple of years uh, down the road in 2013 when – FIU made the jump from the Sun Belt to uh, Conference USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite a new batch of opponents, the Panthers still finished uh, second in their first ever appearance uh, in the Conference USA Championship. So what adjustments did you have to make that year to still be one of the best in a brand new conference?
1: Yeah, um For us, nothing really changed as far as what we were set out to do. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, in our sport, it's all about, you know, being fast and diving well and building a program and a team that is very balanced and can complement, you know, all the different events that it takes to uh, score the most points. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we moved into a new conference, we were excited about that. We were excited for the new challenge, Um, you know, again, second place in the first year. Um, so we've been there before and done that. And, uh, you know, it was a good confidence builder because that was the highest place we had finished in the Sun Belt as well um, to do that. So, um, you know, we had some good success and it definitely led to, uh, you know, what we had to come later.
2: And, and with that, um, FAU is also part of the comp teams in the Conference USA, obviously moving to the American as well next year. But uh, um, with all the sports, you know, FAU and FI, it's a big robbery. Would you say that's also the case for swimming as well? I know you guys have meets, um, you know, yearly, senior day as well. So would you say that's still a kind of robbery for both schools?
1: Um, it, it hasn't been so much with our sport. Um, and a lot of that's just been the competitive balance. When I first came in, it was a very competitive meet for us in FAU. Um, Actually, I didn't think there was a chance we could beat them our first year when I came in, and we actually did that first year. And then we went back and forth a few times, um, but recently the d- d- trajectory we took as a team and where we've been as a program, um, you know, FAU's had a few more struggles along the way in that period of time. So um, it's really not something we circle on the calendar as a as a huge rival right now. But I know as a university for FIU, it definitely is.
2: Hmm. As we kind of close the book on CUSA. Um, you guys got your first championship under you in 2014. Uh, how would you rank that, that accomplishment, getting your first c- title um, and, and all, all the achievements that you've had in your career?
1: Yeah. I mean, to win a first of something or to do something for the first time is always so rewarding. You know, get something that hasn't been done. And, and the cool thing about that too, is it was the first Conference USA championship for FIU in any sport. So it was, it was great to do that as well. Uh, We had hoped to do that in the AAC, but coach Russell beat us to it. And then we didn't close the door as well this year, but, uh, so it didn't really matter. But, um, but no, it it was special. It was a great opportunity. It was a great deal. And then, you know, we didn't know if we could come back and do it again. Our plans were to do that, but um, but that first one's always going to be you know special to break through and do something we'd never done before that we were setting as a
0: goal. Yeah, winning winning your first uh, uh, championship—it's something that the uh, Heat and Panthers have unfortunately had to see their <laughs> opponents do these past couple of days. Are you are you a Miami sports fan, Randy? Um.
1: LeBron followed me, by the way, to Miami. He came down <laughs> the, the same, the same year course. I came. Down, he came about a month later and made his big, uh, big announcement. So um, I was Take a pretty spotlight. big spotlight.
0: That's not cool. Yeah,
1: I know. I know. Dang it. Um, <laughs> so I was a pretty big heat fan there for a few years because I mean, who couldn't be? That was a lot of fun with the big three. Um, watching the games, and I got to go to a few as well, which was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say a huge fan of Miami sports just because I didn't grow up here. It's not kind of my culture. Um, My biggest sport that I follow is baseball and the St. Louis Cardinals, which uh, it's a rough year to talk about that right now. (laughs) But uh, that's the one I really follow the most as far as pro sports.
0: Uh, So so you were um, extremely disappointed as well when the Rams ultimately made the move to Los Angeles. I, you remember that day, was, don't
1: you? Yeah, I was actually kind of happy because oh. uh, the ownership for the Rams was so bad, and they were so bad every year in St. Louis before they moved to L.A. I think we were all just happy to see them go uh, mm. get out of town. And then when they came back, they were much, much better. But, uh, yeah, wasn't a huge football fan, mainly for that reason. Uh, back in my – when I was a kid, it was the St. Louis Cardinals uh, football as well. And, um when they moved to LA, you know, become, Oh, actually moved to, what, to uh, Arizona and they were, they were really, really bad back then as well.
2: Mm. And, and uh yeah, honestly, I'm a Marlins fan. So uh I'm, I'm kind of there with yeah. you, but I have uh, hope this year,
0: here we go. Yeah. The Marlins hope. are doing pretty good this year. Pretty yeah. good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, like seven yeah. games up and uh I, I'm, I, I'm still begging to see a playoff game. That's, that's my only hope. Never seen it. Yeah. Just got to get to one.
1: Hopefully this is the year.
2: But but to add about, uh, I think you know what every every team has gone. I th- I think we I think we got it this year. I think I think every team has been good in Miami. We're we're getting it. I feel oh, like.
0: okay. <laughs> He's, He's the optimistic one, Coach Randy. Just so you know. Yeah. Hey, gotta be.
2: <laughs> exactly. You always got to have that. Got to have that. And, and to add about you know winning side, you guys won eight eight straight. And did it ever get to a point where maybe it's like is this too good to be true we're running eight straight or maybe a standpoint, like, did it feel maybe in the conference, you would say maybe the competition was a little bit easier. Would you say it maybe you felt maybe a move to AAC was, was great to kind of get a new sense of direction for the program.
1: Yeah, we, we welcome the change to the AAC. Um, you know, I would never say conference USA was too easy. I mean, there was challenges every year, <laughs> yeah. mainly rice was our biggest challenger every right. year year, in, year yeah, out. I mean. um, they moved to the AAC as well. So we didn't get, you know, they didn't get rid of us and we didn't get rid of them by that move by any means. Um, But there definitely is a higher level of uh, competition in the AAC for sure. I mean, you got, you know, Houston won it this year. Mm -hmm. Um, If you statistically, we dominated them in the meet, they, they, they won the game though, with their depth of their events, you know, as well. So, you know, hats Mm -hmm. off to them on that, but, you know, we, uh, you know, won 10 out of the 10 individual events, won four out of the five relays and, and, uh, you know, I think they won one event in the entire meet. So, you know, that's why it's kind of what I talked about before. It's a little bittersweet. We feel like we did perform, did well, but just had a few things that didn't go our way that kind of tipped the scales. So
0: it's, a, it's absolutely re- still a, a ridiculous record. Um, eight straight <laughs> conference yeah. championships. Ridiculous in a good way, of course. But yep. out of those eight that you won in a row, uh, aside from the first, because we already talked about that, is is there, a, is there a specific championship that you hold above the rest? Or, in your opinion, are they all equal in your mind?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think they're all equal. They're different in every way. You know, everyone was a different challenge, a different story to get to where we were. I mean, uh, it was a pretty cool deal just to, to go back to back because that was like, can we do it? You know, and then, you know, to do the three-peat, that was a big deal because not too many people get to say, the, you know, the word three-peat or even get to talk about it. Um, then it just kind of grew after that. And then, you know, COVID came. Uh, didn't know if we'd get through that. And it was like, okay, how can we navigate a COVID year uh, and still be good enough to be great at the championship? And it was about, can we do it better than everybody else? You know, we won't be perfect. We won't be as good as we would have been, but can we do it better than others? And so there was a lot of pride in the fact of what sacrifices we made and the ladies made to, uh, you know, the pulled off that year. So kind of every year has had its own unique challenges for sure.
0: Yeah. And let's, let's move. Let's, let's talk a bit about COVID. Oh God, COVID. But, um it, it, it is relevant to your time uh at FIU because again, you've had you've had so many amazing swimmers uh that you've had the pleasure of coaching, and a couple of, of course that come to mind, at least for me, are, are Maha Gouda and Alina Phillip. So what has it been like to be able to coach these swimmers that are so talented to the point that they're that they are representing their respective countries in in the biggest stage of them all the olympics
1: yeah no now now maha's a diver so i don't particularly right. coach yeah. her uh you know is it is a diver uh my diving coach uh before with maha was uh, rio ramirez who's now at uh at uh, virginia tech yeah. um then nick yang took Maha under his wing the last few years and then Josh Larkum joined us this year as a diving coach. So we've always had a great lineage of diving coaches to take care of that part of the program. But but Maha's amazing um, you know, two time Olympian. She'll be an Olympian this coming uh year coming up. It's not official yet, but there's nobody that's gonna stop her. Um, you know, most decorated diver in um Egyptian history, you know, as yeah. far as actually in in all of Africa, the continent, highest placing diver ever in, in the Olympics and platform diving. So yes, sir. I mean, she did- she did so many things that are just unbelievable that, um, you know, not only that and representing FIU being conference diver of the year, so many years going to NCAA championships, being all American. So um, Kobe gave us her for an extra year, which was amazing. And, you know, we definitely enjoyed, enjoyed mm-hmm. that as well. And then, you know, we got we got two ladies on the team right now that uh, will be representing uh, their countries at the World Championships this summer uh, in Japan. You know, uh, uh, Umi Diop for the for uh, um, Senegal and then uh, Nikki Frank for Uruguay. So um, Nikki was a Olympian for Uruguay back in the last Olympics. So her goals are there to be an Olympian again this year. And then Umi's got a great chance to to be. She's the best swimmer in their country, so we expect her to make an Olympic team for them as well. And then we got a few other ladies, you know, has got some hopeful shots as well um, that could make it. So we hope to have a pretty good showing in this next Olympics in uh,
0: Paris. Yeah. So speaking a bit more about the uh, Olympics, of course, Gouda and Philip were set to compete in the Tokyo Olympics in 2020 before it was shut down due to COVID-19 and moved to the following year. Uh, yep. so this is a two-part question what was the mood of the team uh assuming you guys have a group chat maybe maybe not but what was the mood of the team when you first found out that the olympics were being canceled and what was the mood when it was announced that it was going to be rescheduled the following year
1: yeah it was very tough emotionally for those that you know were slated to be there and to go and compete um i know for for Maha, for example, you know, just the, the qualification process is so stressful. Um, it's yeah. so, so much on edge, and she qualified in December at uh, the African Games. And then, um, you know, when that, when that got postponed, then it was a lot of things up in the air. One, you got to train for another year and, and get ready, even though you might be peaking at that time. Um, you had to go into a situation where are they going to make you re-qualify? You know, are they going to take the same team they did, or are they going to, you know, do a new process and stuff like that. So, um, it was just a really tough mental, emotional thing for Olympians to deal with. And especially if some of the Olympians in the world that planned on being that was their last competition, right? They were like ready to retire. That was their last song or that they had peaked to make the Olympics that year. And that, and that was their peak year may not make it, you know, the following year. So it was, it was mm-hmm. tough. It was a emotional roller coaster And um, but we're glad that they had the Olympics, you know, period. Um, it's good that they got it in and we able to just
0: postpone it a year and, and do that. So, so what happened the, the moment they announced that the Olympics were back? Did, did you throw a massive celebration? Uh, well, I, I mean, it, it, we were yeah. still under protocol, but, but yeah, I mean, how, how, how much elation was there when uh, they announced that? Yeah, it's just,
1: I don't know about you know, celebration or anything, but it's just more of a, okay, you know, now we know what the target is. Now we know what the dates are. Let's get back to work and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, prepare for whatever the process is that we need to do as
0: usual. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just another day in the office. (laughs) Alrighty gentlemen, again, thank you. um, Thank you for spending some time with us. Coach Horner, Jonathan Mayer, I think it's time for a bit of a break, a news break, if you will. So let us get right into some of the latest news from the world of FIU athletics and just FIU in general, it's the pause up podcast news break. So let's start with men's basketball announced earlier this month. Uh, the FIU Panthers will be invited to compete in the Cayman Islands classic during the preseason from November 19th to the 21st shout out to Jonathan Mayer for breaking, uh, this news on, on Twitter, uh, this mini tournament will be get, uh, first began in 2017 and picks a variety of teams to win the championship in the beautiful Cayman Islands, which are just south of Cuba. The other teams who will be competing along with FIU are Marshall, Stephen F. Austin, Oakland, Drake, Utah State, Loyola, Marymount, and an unknown eighth team. Moving on to football now. Some updates were made to the schedule uh, a while ago, and it looks like more and more eyes will be on the Panthers this season. Six games, which is half of their entire schedule will be nationally broadcasted on live TV. Five games will be on CBS sports network this season. That includes the season opener against Louisiana tech, along with matchups against UConn, New Mexico state, Sam Houston state and Jacksonville state. In addition their October game against UTEP will be on ESPN two. This is the biggest amount of nationally televised games in a single season in FIU football history. And who knows if FIU football does good enough that Arkansas will warrant their game against FIU in November to be nationally televised, then it could even be seven. So uh, congrats to FIU football. And finally, Some good news for the oceans, thanks in part to FIU. According to the United Nations Criteria for Sustainable Development Goals, FIU was ranked second in the world for impact on life below water, seventh for clear water and sanitation, and twelfth for life on land. All in all, FIU was ranked in the top 100 universities in the world and seventh in the United States for impact in the 2023 Times- higher education impact rankings from a list of over 1,700 universities in over 100 countries. These rankings compile many, many different subjects and are intended to provide a shared blueprint for peace and prosperity for people on the planet now and into the future. So there was your pause up podcast news break coach horner it's time to talk about the road ahead and again uncharted waters as fiu is moving from conference usa to the aac you had your first taste of that this past season uh so i asked this question earlier but i i guess i'll go ahead and ask it again how did your game plan change when facing uh brand new opponents in a much bigger and in your own words uh uh, a lot tougher conference. Yeah. Um, we actually, uh, it was kind of nice to uh,
1: not have the pressure of the streak uh, in a way. You know, every mm-hmm. year it's like, okay, as soon as you win one, it's like, oh man, but now you got to go for seven. You win another one. Okay, now you got to go for eight. And uh, we kind of enjoyed the fact that we're moving to a new conference. Uh, we kind of accepted the theme of, hey, it's a clean slate. There's no expectations. No one's expecting us to win it. You know, we can go out do our thing, be free to compete without that pressure of, you know, the ladies even, you know, they don't want to be the first team to lose one when you have a streak like that going on. And the uh, seniors, you know, have been there for three years and hadn't lost one. Uh, the previous recruiting class or the previous senior class you know, didn't lose one and they had that to, to retire on. So, you know, the, the pressure looms and it gets a little bit tighter and tighter. So um, that's the biggest thing we changed is like, you know, just a free mindset of, Hey, it's first year, it's a new conference. There's no expectations. Let's go out there, give them everything we've got. And uh, we did.
2: Can we talk about the, 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 the tournament? It, it was so, so close. You guys are right there uh, to yeah. getting the first one, um, but how would you describe, you know, of the ability to just kind of, like, move on and kind of, you know, reset for next year and, you know, get set for a a new season and look to claim, you know, your first uh, championship in the conference?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, that happened uh, starting on the last day of the championship and finals that night. You know, as soon as it was closed out and as soon as uh, it was, you know, infinite or definite that it was not going to happen for us that year and we came up. You know was it 1311 to 1300 i think was the final score so you know in that scope of points to be that close um but you know we told the ladies what we've been telling them all year you know win or lose we love you uh it's mm-hmm. not about winning and losing it's about doing our best being the best fiu we can be and mm-hmm. that's what we did um, and now it's about sitting there and we sat in the bleachers we watched the championship ceremony we watched the trophy ceremony we watched the entire thing and we wanted to look at that and realize where we want to be the next year, where we wanted to put ourselves, and then start getting back to work, uh, you know, right away on doing that. So.
2: Mm. And, and how excited are you with with you know just obviously a really solid senior class, but you have so much young talent. What do you talk about a little bit about about what your the roster you've built and really really you think about it just keeps ever changing, but so many you know great you know ladies come in and are doing awesome things yeah. here with the program.
1: Yeah, that, that's what's so awesome about collegiate athletics is you don't have the same team year after year. Uh, you It's sad to graduate people that you spent four years in these scenarios the last few years, some that we've been with for five years. Um, but then there's always that exciting new freshman class coming in to, to start to work with and build the relationships as well. Um, yeah, we had a great senior class, you know, some great contributors, people that will be missed greatly, um, you know. Um, but we got 10 uh, 10 young ladies coming in, joining us that are brand new to the program. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, three that are transfers, uh, seven that are incoming freshmen that are going to, you know, be, it'll be a third of the team, you know, so that's a pretty big influx coming in a lot of talent, a lot of ability, uh, you know, in the recruiting process, it's about finding people that love the sport and they're excited to go after it and do everything we need to do. So it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a fun Mm -hmm. year and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Okay. So, Let's wrap up a bit um, with a look at the the state of the program in the public's eyes. Uh, have you been satisfied uh, in recent years with the extended coverage, uh, viewership, and social media presence that the swimming team has received, or do you think that there's still more work to be done in that department?
1: Yeah, um, this past year is the best it's been since I've been at FIU. Um for sure. I think, uh, you know, Dan coming in with the branding and just uh, revamp the social media department and, the, and the, just a, yeah. the ability to get exposure and out there. Um, uh, I think we have a ways to go still. I think we can still do more, um, you yeah. know, just, just getting, you know, boots on the ground and people there to get people out to uh, cover the meets on our dual meets more. Um, mm-hmm. Streaming is something that we aren't even set up to do yet on the BBC campus. So it's, you know, a little frustrating when we're At a different campus for our home competitions and we don't have the ability to stream it back to those that, you know, can't be there physically. So, you know, things like that, that in time is going to happen as part of the vision, as part of our plan. Um, But uh, the, you know, the social media coverage has gotten so much better. Uh, The overall coverage, um, you know, having people there, we had, you know, had somebody there to, to video and uh, do everything at the championship meet, which gave us some great coverage and great footage and great material as well. So um, we, you know, just things like this are a big, a big move as well. Just getting our exposure out there, getting to talk about our story, what we're doing at FIU with swimming and diving is, uh, is big because those ladies work hard and uh, you know, we just want to get them out there and let people realize Mm -hmm. what they are, what they're achieving and how hard they work to do it.
0: Well, I know you mentioned the um, the need the need for streaming at the Biscayne Bay campus, but aside from that, uh, what what other ideas do you have in in getting the uh, the FIU swimming and diving name out there? Uh, I, I know it it might not be as simple as doing what the the football dean, team did and and slap an advertisement on the turnpike um, <laughs> heading south and north, but what yeah. other ideas do you have, and would you go about doing that? Um I mean, I, I think getting some home meet support is
1: always just a challenge because we're at right. the BBC campus and you know, fan yeah. buses from our main campus to get them up there, you know, that go regularly without waiting for people to sign up, uh, would mm. be a big thing because if it's if it's known that it's gonna happen, then people are more likely gonna plan around that instead of having to possibly get canceled, you know, at the last minute because yeah. uh people don't sign up and then that kind of feeds itself into that situation. So um, you know, just on that side, um, you know, I think doing what we're doing with some of the pause up tour events and getting out and being in the community like that. I've been at every one of those, um, speaking on stage, letting people hear about us and our story as well. So, uh, you know, I think as many things we can do
0: like that and be out in the community and the public, the better. Without a doubt. And I was, Hey, 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 I I graduated with the communications degree. So I I had to go to uh, my fair share of classes at the Biscayne Bay campus and Johnny I know you probably have too um at, at, at this point the bus yeah. rides from MMC to BBC sometimes they're rough depending <laughs> on the time of day and yeah. the traffic coming back it, it 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 gets wild at times um and then you favor and then you put in the Miami traffic to that calculation and yeah it gets wild so well the MMC campus is big and pretty full at the moment but If there were an opportunity for the swimming and diving team to compete at the MMC, would you would you take it in a heartbeat? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's things being done to work towards
1: that. Um, You know, Dr. Jessel is a big supporter of ours. His son was a swimmer at Florida State. So he understands Mm -hmm. us and understands our sport and has been a big supporter of ours since I've been. Here in my first year at FIU. So he's a great asset and ally to have now as a president of the university, um, you know, with, with, uh, you know, Scott coming in as the AD, you know, with a vision of facilities and a master plan and moving forward. Um, Shout out Scott. Yep. I'm, I'm confident it's going to happen. I don't know what year it's going to be, but I know that things are happening. People are talking, there are different things to do, but I think that would be the biggest game changer for us is uh, being on campus, not traveling, not you know, doing everything we've got to do to get the job done, and having a, a pool and a facility on campus, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I
2: was, I was gonna, over, yeah, or yeah. Oh, do you want? I was gonna, have one more thing you talked about, uh, Scott Carr. Obviously, you received an extension back in the December, but what is it like to have the backing of Scott Carr, who, who's coming here for a year and has done some unbelievable great things, and overall, you talk about sport, not only for your sport, but all the sports and really creating a big difference um, that he's been here so far.
1: Yeah, no, Scott's brought a a great breath of fresh air into the university and just to other department. Um, You know, I think that the first thing we realized when he came in, he's just a really good person with good values and has the right intentions uh, for how to treat people and how to do things the right way. And we're building that from the ground up. And after being here for you know 12 years, I've been here a little while. I think uh, Coach Vogel is the only one that's been here longer as a head coach uh, with with golf. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of different phases of the athletics department, and I definitely think we're in the right place. Uh, we're in the right direction, at least we're not where we need to be yet. But, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to be a part of and, you know, happy to be a part
0: of us building that. I can already envision the crowds at a um at a big time swim meet at MMC uh, me too it would be absolutely lights out
2: lights out lights out you had to get it you had to get it in
0: yeah it's 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 the day it's the status quo for this show uh don't question it Randy but Randy again thank you so much for your time and uh I'd I'd like to finish uh, our time with a bit of, with a couple of fun questions okay. uh, I had in mind. Johnny, of course, fire away at will. But uh, I asked this to pretty much every coach and player that we've had on the show. But you've been around the block with FIU athletics. You've seen your fair share of big time players, not just for uh, swimming, but for all all sports at FIU. So, who would you put on your FIU athletics? mount rushmore okay um i would say ty um okay.
1: he was here when i was first here and that was a lot of fun going to games and watching him and then seeing him uh you know in the nfl um i would put Mahaguda up there i think mm-hmm. there's yes. a place with everything that that she has done um gosh uh trying to think back some of the names now um man man
0: i'm those are the two that stand out um uh, of course you have some big time players for baseball of course you have the great mike lowell um, yeah for baseball yeah yep, absolutely mm-hmm. and then basketball you got rajah mm-hmm. bell carlos arroyo and didn't uh bad. pat bradley play golf for fiu i'll leave to double check but i believe you are correct I think so. I mean you can't
1: leave her out. That's a pretty accomplished uh I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's that's correct. But
0: fact check me. You are correct. Um uh collegiate career at FIU. So yeah. it's it, it's it's tough, but so wait, so your final four your final four would be TY uh Maha and, and, and who else? Um Pat Bradley, and uh, I
1: don't know, I guess I have to go with another, I did a diver, I have to go with another swimmer, uh, Ooh, yeah. Johanna, Johanna Gustaf's daughter, who uh, mm. who is a very storied swimmer with us, our, one of our first recruits here at FIU, and uh, qualified for NCAAs all four years here at FIU in different events every year, which is a mm. pretty in- insane accomplishment, what she achieved and was never anything but swimmer of the year. Um, I think she left with, like, most of our record board, too, which we've broken all of them, but actually, no, I take that back. We broke her last record this year, so we finally wiped her out hey. the record. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, so you, you you said you, you watched uh, some some games when T.Y. Hilton was still a Panther. So mm-hmm. that leads me to this. What is the go-to spot on campus for you, Coach, Coach Horner? Go-to spot?
1: Yeah,
0: um, food for just hanging
1: out. Yeah, i, I like uh, i like the chilies in the GC. It's a mm-hmm. nice little spot to go, you know, grab some lunch and kind of be in a place that's not even really like on campus. So, like that spot quite a bit.
0: And okay, since of course a, a swimming coach, I need to ask a swimming related question is michael phelps the greatest olympian of all time absolutely hands down good answer yep, yep. johnny you... I, I i hope your answer would have been the same oh hands yeah. down yeah hands down hands down yeah, okay. what, what he
1: did is un unmatched no one's even come close um, to what he's done and probably never will do it again
0: uh, out of curiosity how many how many um swimmers that you've coached at fiu how many have looked up to the accomplishments of Phelps as sort of an inspiration? Um, likely all of them. Yeah. But, you know, okay.
1: Yeah, likely all of them. It's uh, and and he transcended the sport. You know, he's a he's a household name to people that aren't even you know that familiar with the sport of swimming just because of the accomplishments and what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, for that many years on the Olympic stage at that level and the number of events that he did it in is just un- unbelievable yeah. to realize. You know, what a feat that was. So pretty amazing human freak
0: <laughs> absolutely so when, when when the swimming team is traveling somewhere to compete who on the team gets the ox cord
1: <laughs> um man it depends on what van you're in because we always travel in vans but uh okay. um well there, there are different vans yeah we always travel in vans we usually don't have buses so each of the coaches are driving or oh. driving different vans and stuff but uh, in our van this last year uh, emma becker a freshman on the team seemed to mm-hmm. have it quite a bit and uh i had to veto a lot of songs and music that got played but um oh. but uh yeah yeah it's always interesting
0: <laughs> are, so you said you're a cardinals fan um sure. are the are the blue uh is are the blue um uniforms the greatest uniforms in baseball yeah the home powder blues yeah yeah mm-hmm. They're they're tough to beat. Yeah. I, I'm still a big fan of the Marlins teal, but oh, yeah, Blues are are really those, really are, good those are great. Johnny, you got any final questions?
2: Honestly, I want to know what are your hobbies outside of coaching. You know, what do you like to mm. do in your free time. You know, when it's not FIE related.
0: Sure,
1: um, run. I, I go out and run and, and jog with my wife. That's actually how I met her. So it was, uh <laughs> that's one thing that I still like to do. That I it's easy to squeeze in and have time. Uh, I think one of my biggest passions, though, as a hobby is golf. And uh, I have not done a good job recently of of uh, finding time to do that. And a lot of that's due to uh, Juno, who you met earlier. Uh, when we rescued Juno, he kind of took over front and center of my my time on the weekends and everything else. So my golf game has kind of gone to the side.
0: But I uh, love it. Love to get out and Wait, play. Wait, how, how, how old is Juno? He's four.
1: four. We've had him for a couple of years now.
0: Okay. Yeah. That that That's very cute. All right. Coach Horner, again, thank you so much for for being a guest on the show, and um, I'll let you I'll let you um ha- have uh, have the uh, the show for the for the last minute here. Um, if if there's anything you'd like to say to to the team or or, or to the fans that are watching about FIU swimming, now would be the time. Okay.
1: Um, Just want to again, welcome everybody out to the BBC campus and, uh, you know, find a dual meet, find a competition, come out and uh, support the ladies. Um, it's, it is tough, a tough go for us being at a different campus. So the fan support is greatly appreciated. And it's, it's more about just showing those ladies how hard they work, uh, giving them some recognition and support and knowing that everybody knows that they're there other than just at the conference championship at the end of the season. So, uh, we're proud to represent FIU, uh, very, very proud. And, uh, and look forward to uh, representing us this year, and hopefully bringing home a, our first AAC championship.
0: All right, John Jonathan Mayer, my my wonderful co-host. Thank you again um, for for stepping in when um, Kev, Kevin Brawl, who is uh, busy with the with with Miami Marlins uh, above many other things right <laughs> now. He's he's getting ready for freshman year. I'll 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 make him go out to some some swim meets in due time. You better believe it, but. Coach Horner, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, we wish you and the uh, rest of this uh, swimming and diving team the best of luck in in your next season. And until then, to everyone who's been watching on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, uh, thank you again for watching. Have a great rest of the night. Until episode twenty five, pause up.